When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode will be on House of the Dragon, Episode 9, The Green Council. Hello, movie and TV friends. Welcome back to the show. House of the Dragon had its ninth episode. We watched it last night. You know what they should have called this episode? What? The Hand and the Foot. The Hand and the Foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Quentin Tarantino loved this episode. Yeah, I think he was a producer of this Probably. episode. <laughs> He's definitely a production designer, maybe cinematographer. Um, but this episode was incredible. It was titled The Green Council. We did not get Damon. Damon. <laughs> there we go. You, you, you got me on the Damon stuff. I did it in the first episode. I don't know why I said it. Damon and Renera <laughs> are not in this episode at all. So House Black basically are not in this episode at all. This is on the green side of the family. So it's just showcasing what was going on in King's Landing after the death of King Viserys. <laughs> the green side of the family. <laughs> the green, yeah, the green side. The green ones. Because we, we have the towers. Because we have the green. High towers and Targaryen. No, it's yeah. now the greens and blacks. Uh-huh. We're going into that differentiation. Yes, because the high tower house color is green. And the Targaryen color is black, so that's a great correlation. I really love this episode. It was very patient filmmaking. It was a slow burn of suspense. I was just waiting for something to happen. I had a feeling something big was about to take place. And I had a terrific conclusion when Aegon is being crowned and he is the new king. And he's embracing the welcome, the warm welcome of his new uh, country that he now rules and everyone's applauding him and congratulating him and he's taking in the moment then boom Raidus jumps through the friggin floor with her dragon who's like what's up bitches <laughs> it was great it's an incredible ending and conclusion oh my God. third act of the episode helena actually kind of foreshadowed the entirety of this episode she had two great quotes in this this is uh the third child of allison's she's been saying Little kind of premonitions throughout the series so She far. said two lines. She said, people envy what they cannot have. Obviously, Main talking theme. about the throne. Yeah. And then there's a beast beneath the floorboard. The dragon. Obviously. She seems to have foresight. A little bit. Something yeah. like that. Um, and this was an excellent, excellent episode. The passing of Viserys obviously left a lot of confusion in the realm. And a misunderstanding by Alicent that she thought that he meant her son, Aegon, to become the king of Westeros. Instead, he meant... For Rhaenyra's son Aegon to be king because of the the uh, prophecy, and so Alicent, you you don't blame her at all because she's doing she's such a loyal servant to the throne and to the realm that she's doing what she thinks is best be because she was such a loyal 
companion of the king. So she's taking what she heard from the king's mouth to truth, which you can't blame her for that from her perspective. You understand it. That's why she, despite the fact that when she tells the council that he's dead and that he wanted Aegon to become king, the council's like, all right, we already had all these secret plans to remove Rhaenyra anyway, so let's start going through with that. She's like, what do you mean you had secret plans? Like, you're plotting to remove Rhaenyra from... The, from uh, the Iron Throne and to assassinate them, They're like, well, yeah, dude, like, what are you talking about? Of course, called, this, of course, this is, we're doing this is that. Game of Thrones, man. So, but you can tell her perspective; she's upset that people are planning that, and she doesn't want to just take Damon and Rhaenyra out. Uh, Olivia Cook did a phenomenal job in this episode. She was the MVP, and it was her most sizable role so far as an actor on the show. And the character is really complex because, like I said last episode, I've, I, I said she looks like she has a lot of love for Viserys. It might not have been a marriage for love, but she's grown to really love him. And by this episode, with his passing, she's like terribly affected by it. And she's carrying out the wishes of, of Viserys out of the, her love that she had for him. And so it's not so... And it's not... I think it's more for the love of Viserys than the, the good of the realm. And she, she wants to carry out his dying wish because she had so much respect and reverence for him by the end of his life. And I, it seems like it's a, it's a really great character trait, loyalty to your partner after their passing and wanting to respect their wishes. And she now sees herself as kind of like this, this path of righteousness that Viserys set forth. And she feels like she's the one who has to carry it out because he believed her. She was confused that she, she thought that he believed this was the best course of action for the realm. And so she's going to do whatever she can, no matter how difficult it is. But also, it's it's such a dom a dom a difficult task because she doesn't want to kill Renera. She like when they say we have plans to take out Renera, she's like Viserys didn't want her his own daughter assassinated. Like, what are you guys talking about? We can take over and usurp the throne with and try and do it peacefully. So I have a lot of respect for Alicent not just going on to take out any enemies or any potential enemies, but to be like, let's take over and we'll try and make some kind of partnership with um, Rhaenyra and Damon. And Alicent's always stood true to her duty to the realm as well as to Viserys. Obviously, when they were younger, she, that conversation between Alicent and Rhaenyra when Rhaenyra lied to her saying that she did not break her virtue, whereas Alicent's like, don't tell me, you're still a virtuous woman, right? You know, stuff like that. So she's always stayed true to her duties and especially as queen of the realm. And now that She's heard from the king's mouth that he wants different plans. She thinks different plans for the throne. She's going to do it because that's what he wanted. And traditionally, if the king says something, then it has to be done. It's it's a law. It's 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 a religion, basically. So she's following through with her tradition and duties to the realm. And one of my favorite themes of this episode is the control of men over women. And it's, it's shown so brilliantly in this episode for a couple of reasons. First of all, the the council members, some of them already plotting against Rhaenyra because they don't want a woman as the new ruler, that's an instance of they're not respecting the king's wishes of the appointed heir. And they were already planning to uh, get rid of a female ruler. And then the second instance is a great conversation that Rhaenys has with Alicent when Alicent comes to her room after she's realized that she's been locked in there. And... Allison tells her this plan and makes this uh, deal with, tries to make a deal with her, gives her a proposal to accept. And Rainus says, uh, you think that you're, she's like, you think that you are in control and you are a powerful woman, but you're still serving 
uh, man, you you always served your husband. You served your, you've always served your father, and now you're serving your son. So everything that you do, she says, Raina says you're you're just putting a window on your own prison cell. I thought it was a great line and a terrific theme. The main theme of this episode, I think, of even when a woman ha- is the queen, even when the woman has power, she's still serving other men around her. And Allison, even though she is very wise for her age, and Rainus points this out, Rainus, she also says to Rainus, like, we can steer the men who rule in the right directions. And then Rainus is like, have you never envisioned yourself on the throne? Why not take power for yourselves? You have you have the opportunity to be on the Iron Throne. It was taken from me, as Allison tells her, but she's not going to do it, and she's going to put Aegon on the throne, which was a really interesting part of the episode because Aegon is hiding out from responsibility, from duty of being king. He does not want to be crowned. And we have two search parties go out for him after Allison is looking for him and then also Otto, her father, are looking for him. Basically, whoever gets Aegon will be able to control what happens going forward in terms of his uh, ascension to the ro- to the throne in the ceremony and how it will take place. Obviously, Allison wants to find him first and before her father because she wants to do it more peacefully and Otto wants to do it more nefariously and with more force. And so we have two search parties. We have the twins who are working for Otto, the twin Knights Guard. Knights, and then also Allison sends... Kingsguard. Kingsguard, sorry. Not, no worries. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. You're good. Thanks for... And then Allison, I still wanted you to get canceled. Allison sends Kristen Cole, who's still upset about that one-night stand. <laughs> <laughs> He's so pissed. <laughs> man. <laughs> He's like... he Well, he, this is because of his own choice, man. Chris, he, he she, shows. she sends Kristen Cole... And Amon goes with Kristen Cole to find their brother. He's hiding out with the White Worm, who we find out is the same woman who obviously had interactions. Masera. Yeah, Masera with interactions with Damon in the first and second episodes of the yeah. show. And she bargains basically for Aegon's life because she has him somewhere. And she's like, I could have killed him. You remember that I did this for you, Otto Hightower. And she gets paid, obviously. And then Kristen and Amon basically steal Aegon from the twins even though one of the twins does not fight. He one betrays the, his brother. It seems like there's going to be a, a, a breaking of... of uh, Twinship. Friends. <laughs> They're not twinning anymore. <laughs> of partnerships, and not just the twins. Maybe some of the siblings will start to break apart and choose sides between the Greens and the Blacks. Oh, absolutely, because Aemon revealed that he wants the throne. He doesn't think now. that... Yeah, he's, he's, he looks at Aegon as not deserving of it. He oh, did, I'm sorry, I meant, yeah. A, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aemon's always wanted it. Yeah, and he, he his brother doesn't deserve it his brother has never pursued any kind of approach to learning about history learning about philosophy learning how to be a leader uh, he's taken no interest in combat in being a soldier and being a leader of other soldiers and Eamon in a way like I, I thought Eamon was going to try and kill his brother but I think that the loyalty he has towards his mother uh, is very intense for Eamon so that's why he he captured Aegon and brought him back to safety and also I, I'm sure that Allison impressed the importance of why Aegon has to rule to Aemon maybe she told him the prophecy off screen so that's why he's like you know what I mean if this is the prophecy that my father wanted then I should get my brother here if it's his last wish I'll respect that so he does have a lot of respect for his his parents I think but Aemon he's going to be a villain, an antagonist for Aegon, the ruler. It seems like it. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? We haven't read the books or anything yet. And what I really loved is the fact that Aegon doesn't want to be king. And I really enjoyed the scene where Alicent, I never asked for it. Alicent and Aegon are inside the carriage on their way for the ceremonies for him to become anointed as king. 
And it's so similar to the scene where Viserys and young Rhaenyra are in the carriage on the way to the hunt where she wants to be the heir and he hasn't chosen her as heir yet and they're kind of combating and she's not looking at him. She's looking in the other direction. Same kind of thing is happening here with Alicent and Aegon where Aegon doesn't want to be king yet. Then she shows him the Targaryen knife that's been passed down generations to generations. And Yeah, Aegon the Conqueror's a- blade. Aegon's like, all right, so are you, are you actually being serious? This is what dad really wanted even though he didn't like me because <laughs> I love there's a great <laughs> meme. Of um, Viser- it's uh, Viserys and how much he loved these kids and with portraits on the wall. There's a giant portrait of Rhaenyra, and then there's like little tiny portraits of Aegon. I love and that Aemon. meme. That's a great <laughs> it's so meme. So funny because it's true. Yeah, Viserys really, really loved Rhaenyra and chose and, Rhaenyra. Yeah, and Aegon even says he had 20 years to change his mind exactly. and appoint me as the heir, but he never did. Great point. And then as he's walking through the ceremony, really great production design, huge amount of extras. Obviously, a lot of CGI in the big crowds, but there was still a lot of practical extras. There were a lot act, of people there. Actors in the scene. Yeah. Pretty much everyone holding a sword was was an extra. Was an extra, and all that great moments when he's walking down, the swords go past him. It was really cool cinematography, huge production design. It it's felt a, like it was like you're in a Roman like, pantheon. pantheon. That's what yeah, it felt like. It reminded like me pantheon. of pantheon. Enormous building, really great CGI. It looked incredible. And then he gets the crown put on him, and he still hasn't accepted it until he turns to the crowd as they start to cheer for Aegon, the new king. And then he embraces the hell out of it. It's really interesting how it took him to get the cr- to get crowned and to feed off the crowd to understand that he really wanted it. And also, the character is really well written because he has been chasing uh, sex and, and disillusionment in alcohol and drugs all his life because he's never felt loved, especially by his father. And so he's always been seeking that out. He's been seeking out of attention and seeking out pleasure and escapism from his from his the lack of love he feels at home and so that's why he was so reluctant because his father he felt didn't respect him and didn't love him and that's why he didn't take this initial um thing seriously but then when he gets the love of the crowd and the love of the people that's what he's always wanted and i think once in, in that moment he realized i want this once he got the love that he's always been searching for then he's like, I can embrace this. Now, there's a few other things to talk about before we get to the big finale. First of all, Alicent and Otto, they're kind of butting heads, even though they're both on the same side in their blood, where Alicent's going to, now that he has, she has Aegon, she's going to send terms to Rhaenyra in, t- in terms of basically for her to uh, bend the knee to Aegon, basically, and accept him as the ruler over her, over her which is ironic because even though she says that to uh, Rhaenys that you were the rightful heir to the throne, you got usurped unfairly. She's, she's doing, doing it, it to to Rhaenyra, which is very ironic. Even though she thinks she's doing the duty to the realm, obviously it's from and her, her and her husband. Whereas Otto wanted to take them out, so Allison at least is going to try to seek peaceful means, which obviously is not going to end up well because we know there's going to be a civil war. Otto's plan is the best plan. But for, for, it's, to prevent war, but it's morally corrupt, and I I love Allison. It's still even though she's betraying her friend and her her family, she still is maintaining some sense of morality of not wanting to kill her kin and not wanting to kill the daughter of her husband. Yeah, and Otto says the line like something about you being too squeamish, and she says a reluctance to murder is not weakness, which I thought was a great line and a great position to hold. And then we also have Laris, who had a lot to do in this episode. <laughs> Laris. Laris is just lurking and getting all this information, and apparently we got we we became privy to a special special arrangement that he has with the Queen Alicent, where 
for basically the first version of feet picks. Only fans feet picks. Only fans in person. <laughs> she gets to get information that he learns. And he pleasures himself while staring at her bare feet. Which is when she first took off her shoes, I was like this I was is like I was like, whoa, the queen is taking her shoes off in front of somebody. This is like a this is something. And then when she put her shoes up on the, her feet up on the table, I was like, Oh my god, Tarantino over here. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time all this is going on King's Landing's on lockdown. Basically, whoever knows that the king's dead is getting in prison. Whoever is not bending the knee is getting taken out, getting hung from the rafters inside King's Landing in the castle or being killed. So everyone's being forced to bend the knee. Even Rhaenys is being in prison inside her own room, inside her own wing of the castle. Yeah, it's kind of like a fascist takeover of you're on our side or you're dead. That's probably what every new kingdom Yeah, that's what like, all what regime every, changes are basically. like. Yeah. And unfortunately for Rhaenys... She is offered a deal, basically, or death. She's offered Driftmark, and she will get to determine who will become the heirs of Driftwood forever. Her her line will always rule over there. However, she has to bend the knee. And she escapes, fortunately, with her, one of the knights. Uh, I, I was worried about her. I thought she was going yeah, to get trampled like in, uh, in a stampede or something. It or, reminded me of Arya at the end of season one. Yeah, it was very being, claustrophobic. Being let out like through the city. Because they're forcing every member of King's Landing to go see and witness Aegon become king. And she got trapped in the crowd, but she saw everything that happened. Fortunately, she, she escaped the crowds as the ceremony was going on. Went to go find her dragon, which now that the ceremony was happening was probably not being kept Unguarded, in close guard. Yeah. And... Came through the came through the floor, which is incredible. It was terrific, and when Aegon has his arms spread out wide, embracing the moment, just the floor erupts and explodes, and there's just stone and con just flying everywhere. And then, and Rhaenys showed that she also has a high morality because there's a moment where her and her dragon approach them and approach the the throne and the high towers. Dracarys, <laughs> and and Allison, I. Allison like gets in front of Aegon to kind of protect him, but they they're like, "Oh, we're gonna die!" And then the dragon screams at them, and they think they're gonna be burst up into flames and burnt to a crisp. But Rainus is just warning them and spares she spares their lives because because I think Rainus realized if I kill them, that would be total chaos and that would cause like so much unrest in uh, King's Landing. Would yeah, be it would a be civil an war. It would be an absolute right mess. There. So I thought it was a great decision by Rainus to not kill them and to escape. And also, she chose her family. She chose the loyalty she has to her husband and the love she has for Rhaenyra and for da for Damon. And I like that Rainus. She could have had everything she ever wanted, but she never desired power. Allison was mistaken by her uh, about her. She had she read her incorrectly. Rainus was serious when she said. She was done giving chasing power a generation ago, and she's lived up to that. She wasn't just saying that to say it. I really like Rhaenys as a character. She's going to be a strong ally for Daemon and Rhaenyra. Yeah, she's got a very powerful dragon who she's able to escape on. Now, back to Laris real quick. What he was offering to Alicent and basically is going to do is he was telling her about basically a web of spies kind of people feeding information against the greens basically and that's so, why Masera knew that the king had died yeah and he he's offering to take it out at the head we don't know who the head of it is yet we do, we do know some of the servants and people talk but we don't know who the head is but he's like i can take care of it for you let me just see those feet <laughs> <laughs> can i also have your socks <laughs> man disturbing <laughs> but he's he's playing his cards really well yeah he he really is like a new little finger I also like the White Worm, how she 
And part of the deal for getting paid to give them Aegon, she also wants the end of children to be used in the parts of the King's Landing for fighting and just being brought up to be basically savage animals. Yeah, yeah, fight to the death and stuff like that. So she wants to put an end to that, which I thought was really honorable. Yeah, and Otto's like, I'll look into it. It's like, <laughs> come on, bro, it's just, just stop. But I think that, you know, Otto will remember... Yeah. What she did for them. They're going to be allies. And I think Missara, I think Missara, my guess is that she is like the, the head of all the whispers. Kind of. I think that's who Laris is referring to. I think that she is like, uh, she's like a combination of Littlefinger and Varys from Game of Thrones. A combination of um, chasing power, but also being the 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 lord, lord, like the queen of whispers. Varys was... The like the king of the whispers, and he lasted a long time. Yeah, in that show, but too. he never pursued power. Yeah. he always was loyal to who he was serving. And then Littlefinger also kind of like was a king of his own whispers, but was always chasing power. So I think she seems like a combination of both those characters. And even though Otto didn't get exactly what he wanted in terms of getting Aegon for himself to be able to control the situation, he still got his bloodline is on the throne. That was his ultimate goal, yeah. was to get Aegon on the throne. So I think he will always... I don't know if he'll be Hand of the King. Who knows if he'll remain Hand of the King. He will, I, I say probably, he will. Even yeah. though it's completely biased at this point. <laughs> <laughs> For real. There's no way he can give uh, objective... Uh, it doesn't policy. matter anymore. <laughs> it doesn't but, matter anymore. But it's a great indication of how fear can really force people to uh, become reluctantly loyal and how so many of the lords and, and ladies who had uh, paid fealty to Rhaenyra 20 years ago they bent the knee immediately out of fear. And those who didn't bent the knee, they're getting hung. And so the power of fear to take over and to take power over other people was showed brilliantly in this film. Yeah, when that and one, this, the one lord tried to uh, sneak out, even though he's like, yeah, I agree. And then he tried to get out of there real quick. Yeah. Got taken away and got hung. See you later, bro. Now, the next episode is obviously going to be focused on the black side of things with Damon and Rhaenyra, and I don't know if you've seen the teaser yet, but it looks incredible. I haven't watched it. No, it I don't really want to watch it. I'm it very looks excited. Really I, won't, I won't spoil it for you, but it looks epic. It, we're going to have some more rises of power, and obviously we're going to get to a great conclusion to this season. It's going to be called The Black Queen, episode 10, the final episode. I of thought there season. was 11 episodes. I think it's only 10. I think there's just one more. Really? I thought it was 11. I thought it was going to be 11 too, but I, I even checked on IMDb, uh-huh. and there's it says there's only 10 episodes. Well, hey, it's still a lot of episodes. I mean, most series this this large in scale are generally 8 episodes, and even sometimes 6 episodes, so 10 episodes is still... Or is it, or is it 11? So I think it's 11. Two, well, so there's, there's, there's another episode after the next one then, right? Yeah, so then 11. I thought the next one was the finale. No. There's 11 episodes. I've, I, every time I've looked, it's said 11 episodes. Okay, so the next episode is not a finale. It's the penultimate. Okay, next episode's penultimate. 11 episodes. Yeah, yep. you're right. 11, the last episode will air. I don't know why I thought it was the finale next. Well, Thank the, God, because I, I love this show, man. Yeah, me too. I really I really enjoy it. Um, well, the thing is, it says on IMDb, on the tab to click on for episode guide, it says 11 episodes. But then, if you click on that tab, it only counts down to 10. The Black Queen is the final one. But maybe that's just because... But also it says House of the Dragon episode 10 is the finale when you search for it on Google. Okay, so maybe maybe next week is the finale. Because generally if you look on the IMDb tab, 
all of the future episodes will be listed there, even if they haven't aired. And right there, it says 10 episodes. So I'm guess after that, I'm guessing next, yeah, so next week's se- the finale. Episode 10 is the finale of season one. Oh, oh wow. my God. I remember they did advertise it as 11 episodes. Yeah. Maybe they changed it. Maybe maybe, maybe they recut it. Maybe they re- did some re-editing yeah. and reworking. Hey, I don't care. St- 10's still a lot. It is a lot. And it's been fantastic. And and the show's I, incredible. I, now I'm glad I didn't watch the teaser because I don't. I want to walk into the finale bro, not knowing anything. It looks sick. In the last three episodes are the highest rated of the season so far. They're all over nine on IMDb. Uh, the first That's rare for a the show. The first five were all in the high eights, which is incredible. But this episode, the Green Council is nine point two. Last episode, the Lord of the Tides, I think that might be the best episode of yeah, the season. That was so a nine point four on IMDb. Driftmark, the one before that was a nine point three. So this is just a really, really loved show. To that, be that yeah. high on episodes, that's incredible. And to maintain over like there'll be a great shows and they'll have one or two episodes in a season over nine. But to get that many ratings over nine and to keep it, it's getting better and better ratings throughout the season. That's such a rarity for TV shows. It might at the end of the the show's run, it might be better than Game of Thrones. It's getting there. We'll see. It's. Do you think it's starting better than Game of Thrones started? Well, it's starting better. They I had the, actually, they had the production uh, figured out so well. Like this episode ha- had incredible production elements, like the yeah. opening with the giant sets with the, the young child walking through the sets. It shows you that this show and this production, this world is so incredible. It's so well made. For me, I mean, obviously the production technology it, it's leaps and bounds better, but Game of Thrones is really special in terms of how big the cast was and how incredible all the characters, the characters were. There's so many there's, characters. There's yeah. so many. From all of from all areas of Westeros in that were already established yeah. season one, whereas they're getting there, and yeah. there's just so much more to root for in season one in terms exactly. of characters. But I but I've said I really love the smaller scale. I think that's why this show works and feels different because it's not you're not bouncing around to def- different areas of Westeros and the Seven Kingdoms with every storyline. Um, but I think I mean it's I think it's extremely difficult to top. Game of Thrones because of the characters. Yeah, I think when you have the Lannisters already established and, and they're already adults, especially yeah. a lot, they have but just the Lannisters this, yeah. have five great characters there. This the, this the Starks ep- had yeah. seven great characters yeah, to this, start off. Yeah, there's just fewer great characters in this season. I love the characters, but you're talking six or seven excellent characters in this one in this show. Whereas Game of Thrones, like there's like. 40 great characters oh, yeah, at one yeah. point of the show there's so many amazing characters that's the great strength so I think it, that's I think. why Game of Thrones is probably impossible for the show to top the, the production's incredible though it is I, extremely I really well the show. Yeah. I can't wait I love the, the direction finale. I can't not wait for the finale next week I think we're gonna dress up in costumes for it I think maybe I'll be either Rhaenyra or maybe Daemon with the hood like Daemon are you gonna be Daemon or Daemon Daemon <laughs> You said Daemon like... I said Daemon in the first episode, the first time I said his name. And then I, you, you corrected me. I was like, oh, thanks for correcting me. And I've never said Daemon since. And I said it once. You said it every episode. No, I have not. Yeah, you do. Dude, you are... You are, you said it three times this episode. Fact check, false. I, I We got it on tape Pull it up. today. We got it on tape Make today. a compilation. <laughs> do it. Make a, do it. I dare you. I will. No, you won't. I will. No, I don't. I'm, that's, a, that's such a waste of time. That would take hours. I have better things to do with my time. Yeah, you don't. You don't spite me that much. <laughs> Anyways, cannot wait for the finale next week. Episodes this week. Yesterday we did one, a Harry Potter ranking episode with our friend George Carmi from Real Talk Podcast. Thursday we have an episode on Scream Queens. Scream Queens. Excellent. All the great final girls and Scream Queens of horror cinema. Can't wait for you all to check it out. Thanks so much for tuning in to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Become a patron for as little as $2 today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Take care. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production.
Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.